Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Can you believe we're at the end of our three-part series uh, from Thrive Collective? I have been so challenged. I've been so inspired. I trust that you have been as well. Today, we're going to wrap up the series hearing from Sherry Edwards and Emily Watson, and they're going to talk about cultivating uh, ministry for next-generation leaders. And so you're going to hear some wonderful teaching from Sherry and then just a beautiful testimony uh, from Emily Watson, who is our network leader in the Fort Smith area area. So enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. So thinking about this topic of creating pathways for uh, young leaders to thrive and caring about uh, the generation of women coming behind us, not for just their spiritual growth, but for equipping them and calling them out, calling out their giftings um, and leadership. And so we think about the word cultivate um, there's a there's a definition at the top of your page so you have some a handout we're just going to work through this briefly and then I'm going to call Emily Watson up and we're going to have a conversation uh, about her leadership story as a younger leader um, because we know that that's something that we uh, Andrea and I hear often um, and I serve as a lifeway women trainer as well it's a conversation that we hear often that women are not they're either not seeing the older women come to what they're having or they're not seeing the younger women come. Uh, there's a disconnect between um, the, the ages or between the generations. And we, I think that we talked about that as well um, with Tracy talking about the relationships that she's had. The, the old, that young 22-something was hit the jackpot with the older uh, woman in her small group. And so... Um, we're going to spend the next little bit talking about how we as leaders can cultivate those that are coming behind us. And I'll tell you just how this came about. I was invited to be part of a collaborative conversation at uh, the Lifeway Women's Forum in Nashville a few years ago. And uh, that's where I heard Lori do a portion of the message that she gave y'all today. I was like, my mind was completely blown at that. But I did this collaborative conversation with two other younger leaders that uh, were serving uh, in Lifeway ministry. And so if you've ever been to one of those collaborative conversations, it's really just you're talking back and forth about a topic. And so this topic was younger leaders, how to cultivate younger leaders. And so some of this came out of that. I also teach um, ministry to women at Washtenaw Baptist University, and so I've been teaching that class since 2016. And so over the course of these seven years, my heart has really been drawn to these young women who are coming behind us who don't see a place, uh, who don't feel connected. And I feel like there's a gap probably of about, you know, you're in um, an age, you're in student ministry or in college, and then you graduate from college and you don't really feel like you fit anywhere. And so is anyone reaching out to you to bring you in? And so that's kind of the, um, where I'm coming from with this uh, session that we're going to talk about today. I'm not as dynamic of a speaker as Lori, but <laughs> like I don't get like move around and have stuff like But um, it's, it's going to be fun. So I do have, um, I want you to be thinking about as your leaders, your sphere of influence. We, and I think Lori alluded to this as well. 
we have people around us who we lead, whether we know it or not. You may not think of yourself as a leader. Um, we're trying to look at the language that we're using as Arkansas Baptist women because we understand we have so many small churches. We have rural churches. We have uh, just a variety of different uh, church bodies that we're trying to uh, equip and train our ministry, uh, our women to serve in. And so think about that sphere of influence that you have, whether it's two people, whether it's five people, whether it's 10 people. Um, and so we want to think about the women who are in our circle of influence. And so we want to equip and train them and then uh, launch them into ministry. And so um, as we consider what it means to cultivate next generation leaders, I want you to think about that word cultivate. So when I think of cultivate, we were just talking about plants at our table. I gave each of our network leaders a plant in January to kind of kick off our growing together theme. It was such a great idea. And everybody else's is thriving. Mine is just like, it's the same. It's like not thriving. I cannot grow anything. And so if we're thinking about cultivating, I think about um, it's a, if we've ever tried to grow anything from seed and that seed is, is, you get so excited when you start to see something green poke through the dirt, right? And you're just bringing that along. You're tending that uh, tender seedling. You're tending to that plant. You're giving it the right nutrients. You're making sure that it's in an environment where it's going to thrive. And so that's what I want us to be thinking about, um, as we start this time together. And so because it's important for us to care about and to look at, look at who is following us as older leaders. And so if you're a younger leader here today, I want you to think about some of the older. Uh, it's, it can be challenging to be a young leader and, and serving in an environment where you have older women. Um, and Emily's going to share a little bit of her story with that. As an older leader, I think we can overlook some of our younger leaders without meaning to without being intentional. So we're going to give some practical takeaways as well. I'm watching my time. Um, and so I have a little acrostic there. It says, women who lead in various opportunities and various capacities, what does it mean for us to cultivate next-generation leaders? And so I thought of this um, acrostic. It was one of the first sessions that I did during COVID. It was an online uh, Lifeway Women You Lead format. And so I thought, you know, I like to give people something they can take away. So I've spelled out the word cultivate. And so I've got that, um, is it an acrostic? Yes, that's what it is. Okay. I was a journalism major, but not English. And so, yes, I've got the acrostic there. And so that first point um, we want to see as we consider intentionally what this means. And so... Um, the first letter is that C. We want to care about those who are coming up behind us. And so I want you to think about and look around and notice someone who is younger than you or in a younger season. It may not be like a really young person, but someone who's just in a younger season. Um, and pay attention um, to something that you see that you can call out in them. And these are just steps that I want us to think about as we're moving through this together. And so we think about, goes back to that building relationships. How are we building relationships with those younger women? And so um, being in the life season that I am, uh, I still, I think I still had a son in high school when I was developing this. And so I had two older sons as well. And I would get a lot of these young, their friends, their young uh, female friends who were getting ready to go to college and they would want a rec letter for scholarship or sorority or whatever. And so um, 
a lot of times they would say, Miss Sherry, can you write? And I'd had them in a youth group or whatever, and they would say, Miss Sherry, can you write a rec letter for me? And so what I began, I, it's my favorite thing to do because it's like my, I love thinking about the qualities that I see in their lives. And I don't do it lightly. Like there was, there's a couple of times I'm like, uh-huh, I'm going to have to maybe make something up about you. <laughs> but um, it's something that I love to do because it causes me to look at their lives. And it may not be an outward uh, trait that they see, but it's something that I have seen in them just as I've watched their life. Um, it's, a, it's a quality, a leadership quality or just a, a character quality, something um, that I have seen in their lives. And it has, um, it's been so fun to see um, how that has played out for them. They may not see that in themselves, but they need someone else to point that out in their lives. And I think that we as older women, we can do that for the younger women that we see. And I've tried to make a habit of that um, and just the women around us in general just say, hey, I see this in you. I think that is a great quality. I, I see this growing in you. And just, you know, it's, it's easy for us to criticize, right? It's so easy for us to criticize. It's so easy to look at someone else and compare. But I think we're called to lift each other up. And I think we're called. So we can do that for each other. But we especially need to be caring about the next generation. We want to care about them. Um, and this plays out in different ways as well. We might uh, touch on those as we wrap this session up because part of the conversation I've been in as well is if we are thinking about how we're going to change a mindset, we have to start caring about the people coming behind us. We have to start caring about um, the women who are not coming to the Bible studies that we're having or they're not coming to the events that we're having. We can still maybe have this, well, they're not coming, what they should be coming, but that's not the right, we want to have an attitude of like, do we care? Are we trying to reach them? Do, are we reaching out? And so the next letter that you have, we have the C for care, and then you have you. Uh, we want to understand. U is for understand. We want to understand their perspective. And this is something that I thought about. As a, as a young girl, my granny had a tree in her front yard. I would love, she lived in Springdale. I would go um, up to her house and I would take a book and an apple. Back in those days, you know, we didn't have like a lot of the snacks we have today. So <laughs> she would have homemade cookies a lot of the times. So I'd take a book and an apple up in that tree and I would just sit up there and read. I loved climbing trees as a young girl. So I want you to get that picture of you're climbing a tree. And so we're climbing, and as we're climbing a tree, you know, we're thinking about where's that next branch? Where am I going to put my hand on that branch to get up the tree? And so as we think about this in a leadership context, we're thinking about the tree, sometimes we can forget to look back and see who's behind us. Is anybody else, uh, as we're moving up, we're moving forward, we're on, you know, we're, we're on um, our target for ministry. You know, we've got our plans, we're going, but are we paying attention to see if there's anyone behind us? Is anyone following? Is, is there anyone younger? And so we can forget to look back and see who's behind us. And so there's two perspectives if you're thinking about that tree. One thing is when we're further up in the leadership tree, we have experience and perspective. There's value in that. We have experience, perspective, a little bit of life wisdom. Um, we can see where the, brown, the branches are as we help guide our younger leaders, but we can also forget to reach down. We can forget to reach down um, and to seek out the women to come behind us, the younger women. We need these women. Why do we need these women? Because you know what? They have a perspective that we don't have. 
They have a perspective from where they are, and they can often see things that we cannot see from where we are. And so we need to keep that picture in our minds that we're reaching out, we're reaching down, and our younger leaders are reaching up, and we need their insights if we want to reach the next generation. And I'm telling you what, there are some statistics about uh, the next generation. We're um, currently, Gen Z is not the last one. What is it now? Is it... um, Gen Alpha. So we've got uh, we've got some statistics in these generations where we really need to understand their perspective, where they're coming from, meeting them where they are in their life, and bringing them alongside us as women who lead. And so um, the next letter that we have, we've got our C for care, we've got our U for understand, we've got an L for listen. We want to listen to their concerns. We want to give them a safe space to share concerns. And that can happen in those deep, those discipleship groups that we've been talking about. Um, we want to listen um, and make a place where we can hear their real life experiences. Um, because I'm telling you, there are people struggling with things. And I know we've always said there's always been struggles, but y'all, there, there are struggles now that were not uh, what they were when even I was raising my two older kids and they're 30 and 31. It's, it's a different time. We can get so focused on thinking that we just need we need to teach and train. Uh, we can forget um, that we have that you know that we can forget that we don't have all the knowledge, right? We learn. I learn so much from my college students. I really do. The insights that they have are so valuable, and I tell them all the time when I package them up and bring them with me everywhere I go because it's it's such a gift. So if you're not around younger people, find you some younger people to be around and listen uh, because they uh, they have. Um, you, if we're not listening to what they're bringing to the table, um, we're missing out. We're missing out. And I think that goes back to relationship. It starts with relationship. We want to be listening um, to them. It it gives them a space to share their real concerns and to be vulnerable as they're developing their leadership journeys. Um, And so I think it's funny. There's an example that I I love to share because I, it was, I expected it, but it was still just kind of affirming. So the very first day of class uh, that I taught, I teach a ministry to women class, as I said, and the very first day I asked the question, what do you think of when you think of women's ministry? And this was in 2016, and I basically kind of had an expectation of what I was going to hear. And so, but I could tell the look on their faces was like, does she really want us to be honest? <laughs> and, and I could tell that, and I said, I really do. I really want you to be honest. I want to know uh, what, what they thought of it. And so I asked for their honest answers. And so I could tell on the look the, by the look on their faces that they really weren't sure, but I assured them uh, that I was. And so from day one, I wanted to set a tone um, of an authentic environment where they knew they could share you know, well, this is what I really think, and this is what my perception is. What is the reality? And so you can kind of have that coming uh, together. And so um, they have really helped me to see the need of how we need to shift some things and disrupt some things if we want to bring them along in ministry. Um, then the next letter is T. We want to take time. Uh, we want to take time to get to know them and to let them know that they have value. We want to notice the things that they like, the ways that they serve. You know, this generation is, they're really about meeting people where they are and reaching people where they are. 
Um, they're not about the extra things that we sometimes like to throw into women's ministry, which those can be great, um, but they really are about the um, about people. They're about, about reaching people with the gospel of Christ. I'm so, um, I don't want to use the word motivated, but I'm so inspired. I really am inspired by being around this generation because they uh, really want to meet people where they want to reach people for the gospel. Um, and this will tell you a lot about their passions. As you get to know them, as you take time to get to know them, um, if you don't know and have a relationship with them, you're just going to be sharing that head knowledge. And so we want to have those relationships and take time to get to know them and to leverage that relationship to build into them, to have that uh, cohesive bonding together, that partnering together in ministry. I'm kind of moving fast, so that's why I'm taking a lot of time. Um, okay, so I've got the C for care, U for understand, L for listen, T for take time to get to know them. And then the next one is ideas. Y'all, this generation has great ideas. The women coming behind us, um, they have great ideas. They are already out uh, thinking outside of the box. They're actively reaching people in ways that we as older leaders could benefit from. I, uh, one of the assignments in the class that I teach is they divide up into groups and they have to come up with, uh, think through and strategize and plan out a ministry to reach a certain group of people. It can be a discipleship ministry, a community type ministry, something that they have put together and planned uh, together. And every single time I have been blown away by the different ways they're thinking about reaching people through ministry. And as they present their ideas, I'm just like, I want to hire every single one of you and implement every single idea uh, that you've had. Uh, one of our leaders was here earlier. She had to leave. She wasn't feeling well. September, I had her daughter in my class. And I'm telling you, they have discipleship uh, programs. Tracy was talking about, you know, what ideas do you have? They have ideas. They have ways that you, to implement discipleship. They have ways uh, to implement community ministry, how to reach their community. And so listen to the ideas. If you're looking for ways to reach people, reach out to some of your younger leaders, your younger women, and get their input. Um, the next letter is B. We want to, this kind of goes along with that. We want to value younger leaders. And I think that we can all agree, we know what it feels like to not feel valued, right? Have you ever been in a position where you really just don't feel valued? Raise your hand, yeah. So we know what that feels like. So we wanna be intentional about valuing our, our younger leaders. Um, they are the future, and they're actually the now, honestly, of leadership. We want to lean into that. Um, they have gifts um, and passions and ways, like I said, we want to value that. We want to bring them alongside. We want to bring them into our teams. We want to invite them um, to be part of the ministry that we're doing. We want to value that relationship. Just say, hey, I'd like to get coffee with you someday. And it, uh, one thing that we hear is there is the younger leaders often don't know how to reach out to the older leaders. And the older leaders often don't know how to reach out to the younger leaders. And so someone's waiting to make the first step. Well, we have an activity that we're going to do here in a second. We're getting to the nuts and bolts here in a second, but we're going to keep moving through this, so just uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we've got some things in place that can help you get that started. Um, the next letter, so we've got the C-U-L-T-I-V. Got to get my spelling out right. Um, the next letter is A, 
Um, we want to ask questions. This kind of goes in along with take time to get to know them, but we want to start a dialogue to learn from one another. And we do have some questions that's going to get that going here in a minute. Um, and as I said, sometimes we're not the one, we don't want to be the one to take the first step, right? Um, for older, we might not think that a younger leader wants to hear our perspective. And as a younger leader, we might not think that we have anything to offer. And so we've got some questions that can help us engage in some intentional conversations. And we're going to do those here in just a minute. Um, the next letter is teach. There's actually two words that go with this T. It's teach and train. We want to help younger leaders learn about their spiritual gifts and then find ways to help them put those gifts to use. That's a, a gap that I think I'm seeing is we do not know our spiritual gifts. Or maybe we don't know them ourselves, but we want to help our younger leaders learn about their spiritual gifts and how they can uh, serve in ministry together and then find ways to help them put those gifts to use. We want to teach them not only God's word, but help teach them leadership principles and work to create leadership pathways and so I think that something that I would love to see is is for us to be thinking of ways to provide opportunities for our younger women to step into leadership roles and maybe that just means looking around seeing if there's some younger leaders who want to be a part of our team and of our ministry leadership teams and that just creates intentional ways for us to partner together and build relationship and so I think that just asking the question, what are some things that we as older leaders can actively do to help create these leadership pathways? Because we want to bring our younger leaders alongside us. This might mean um, creating an apprentice type position or an intentional internship. I think Emily's gonna share with us a way that she uh, has done that. And, and it may not be something that exists right now. But I love to be creative, and I think God is creative in that he has given us, um, if we're in a leadership capacity, he's given us a place, a position to influence that next generation. It could exist if we paid attention and started intentionally speaking into that leadership development process. And so I think that if we looked around the landscape of our leadership for women, we would start to see some numerous ways that we could join together and provide some meaningful relationships with our younger leaders. Even if it's just, because I, I think the gap that I see is we've got girls in high school, girls in college, um, and I've been asked, uh, this last fall, I was asked by three young women uh, at, uh, at, on campus at Washita to be mentored. They were asking if I knew of a mentor for them. They, these are young women, sharp young women. They're Christian studies majors. They love the Lord. They love his word. They love, they want to serve. And it broke my heart because they said they'd been turned down. And they were coming to me, and, and they, one of them wasn't even in my class, but she's like, Sherry, do you know somebody who could mentor me? Um, and it broke my heart that they had been turned down. And I'm, I'm wondering why would that be? And I think there's just some... And we've talked about this at our table, just some barriers that we assume are there. We don't feel, older leaders don't feel, quali you know, older women may not feel qualified or that anyone would care what they know. And I think there's that assumption. And then the younger leaders maybe are hesitant to ask because they have been turned down. And so I think we've got to start these conversations and start paying attention. And so um, it did, it broke my heart when they told me that. I was like, that's, that's, we've got, I'm calling out our older leaders for sure. Uh, we've got to start doing some Titus Tui 
and we've got to do it now. <laughs> Time is now, right? Um, okay, so moving to the last letter. So as we continue to tend and nurture these young leaders, as they step into a leadership role, we should encourage them as we see these positive leadership qualities emerge. As they're growing in their faith, as they're growing in their relationship with Jesus, we want to speak blessing. We want to speak uh, encouragement over their lives. You know, you're thinking about tending a nurturing plant. You don't want to neglect it. You don't want to overwater it. You want to just do exactly what it needs. Um, and so we want to build that relationship so that we can speak into their lives. We also want to call out anything that we see that might be a negative thing, like, hey, this is an area that maybe I think we could talk about, or if you had some questions about innocent, if you've built that relationship with them, they're going to value um, your thoughts. They're going to value uh, what you have to say in their lives. Um, and one of the ways that you can cultivate qualities in, uh, in our women's leaders is reading about women in Scripture. One of the first things we do in the class is we study women in Scripture, and we pull out qualities that we see in their lives. And what this does is gives us a blueprint for how God sees us as women. Uh, we have nothing to prove. We have nothing to fear. We just have, uh, we're, we have purpose, and we have been empowered by Jesus himself to be uh, disciple makers here on his earth. And so... Um, we want to make sure that we're leading ourselves well as we think about reaching that next generation. I've got, um, on the next page, I've got some suggestions. I'm trying to look at my time. Um, I think it's time for us to bring Emily up. But uh, that second page that you have there, I have just some practical suggestions for older leaders, some practical suggestions for younger leaders. Uh, be proactive about intentionally providing some opportunities um, pay attention to our own spirit, our own personal leadership and spiritual development, um, and we want to create those pathways. And if you're a younger leader, seeking out an older women who are leading and modeling that healthy leadership, ask to meet with them and get to know their leadership journey. And the other thing is, is to be patient, um, to understand that leadership is seasonal, and it takes, uh, it takes time to grow and develop. So there's some helpful scriptures as we think about cultivating that leadership uh, growth and so I want to bring Emily up. Was that my cue when you said that? It was. Ago? It was. Okay. And I'm going to give you this one, and I'm going to go get the other one. So this is Emily Watson. Here, take this. I'm going to okay. go about this one. Hey, everybody. Um, I think Sherry could probably be my mom, right? <laughs> I could totally be your mom. So this, this is, is great. On. Intergenerational, right here. It is. Yes, it is on. We could, you could totally, yeah, because my oldest is just a few years behind you, so yeah, I'm her spiritual mom. Um, not really. These chairs are kind of high. Um, so I wanted to bring Emily. One of the things we're wanting to do is we want you guys to hear from some of our network leaders, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, about our whole network process. But um, I have loved just watching Emily. I guess I first got to know you. Right after you got, right before you got married, I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we got to know each other. And um, Emily serves as our network leader in Fort Smith area. And so um, I wanted Emily to share just her leadership journey, just how she has come into her role, and then just walk together through just some ways that we can think about our younger leaders and equipping them and 
uh, valuing uh, what they bring to the table. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so first of all, I want to ask, if you think you are an older woman, raise your hand. Okay, if you think you are the younger woman, raise your hand. What? Only like five or six younger women? Okay, so reality is we are all the older women and we are all the younger women, right? Um, and I do, okay. I do want to celebrate this real quick. Who, is there anyone in the room that's over the age of 80? Over the age of 80. Over the age of 70? Is it Miss Jan? Yeah, you are the wisest in the room, right? Hey, oh, wait, Miss Brenda, how old are you? 71. 71. Jan? 77, okay. Well, hey, we literally are better together with you here. So thank you for being here. And then is there anyone under the age of 20? Under the age of 25? Oh, who's younger? How old are you? 23. 23, what's your name? Allison. Awesome. Give Allison a hand. Our babies. Hey, so we have like four or five generations represented here, which is great. It's a beautiful thing. They're best friends. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so um, when I was in high school, uh, really involved in the youth group, I had some older small group leaders born into my life, and I was like, I want to be just like them. I love how they walk with the Lord. I love how they talk about the Lord. I want to be just like them. And then God had his own plan, of course. Um, but whenever I, after I graduated from college, I came back to Fort Smith, and while I was there, um, working for a local pregnancy resource center, and my local, my home church said, hey, we want to bring you on, on our staff, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to be on a church staff because the grass is always greener and it's easy. <laughs> and it's not easy. Okay. So, um, at 27 years old, I'm I just turned 36 last week, and it's hurting. But at, 20, so at 27 years old, my pastor says, hey, I see your heart for women. We don't really have anything going on for our women right now. I want you to lead in ministry of women. And I was like, I'm 27, I've never been married, and I don't have any kids. Who am I to lead this? But then I was reminded, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. But set an example of faith and love and purity and life. So that's what I did. But I looked around the room and I took the people that had gone before me. There was um, an older woman who had led women's ministry for years prior to me being there. And um, I went to her and I just built a relationship with her. And I just said, I want you to just pour into me. I want you to tell me all the things I need to know. We're like best friends. And she's in her 70s, but I see her as a peer. We're peers. Um, I see my 22-year-old my sisters as peers. We're not older and younger. Um, and so I began to just let the older people, the older women, invest into my life. And at the same time, I did that with the younger. Um, so that's kind of the back story mm -hmm. of how I got into ministry, and even at 36, I'm married. I don't have any biological children. Um, we fostered, so I have parented. Um, but I'm just keeping my head down, being a disciple who makes disciples, and looking around the room and letting other women have a seat at the table. 
And I think that's the most important thing too is who is at your table, on your team, mm -hmm. on your ministry team. Um, is it made up of people that look like you, think like you, smell like you, taste like you, you know? <laughs> or is it women who are younger? You know, I think about the team that I have and I'm like, I have a 20 year old sitting on my team because I wanna reach the younger women. Um, and I've been able to have a couple of interns who have said, gosh, I wanna be in ministry. Yeah. You know, can you help me? Can I shadow you? Um, even a high school senior this year, she's interning for me, doing all the dirty work. <laughs> but um, it's been great. We get to lead out together. We get to do things together that she wouldn't have otherwise seen. And I even used this intern at a Christmas event. I was the kind of the MC, the host, but I had her co-host with me. And that helped bring some more of the students to the table. Um, and then also there's a couple of young student ministry leaders who are just very self-sufficient. They're self-feeders on fire for the Lord and memorizing chunks of scripture. They memorize like a whole chapter in 1 Timothy. And at that Christmas event, I said, I know this is random, but I want y'all to get up on stage and recite that chapter in 1 Timothy just so our women can see your thirst and your hunger for the word. And they did it, and those older women loved Oh, they just loved it. Mm -hmm. But little things like that where you're integrating different ages. And it's also showing the younger that they have a seat and that they belong at the table. And I was just telling my table, like, sometimes I have trouble getting senior adult women yes. to join me in things. Yes, that has been a, a, a question or a, a comment that has come through. So tell us a little bit about that challenge. Okay, so what I, I love the quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, how much you care. And so I have to be very intentional about building relationships with senior adults in my church. I have to show up. I have to give, send them a card when they're not feeling well. I have to visit them at their home. I have to ask them about their story. A couple of years ago, um, I had experienced a miscarriage and word had gotten around, you know how it does in church. And um, an 80-year-old lady that I thought didn't like me, she said, hey, you know, I heard about your story. And she said, I have the same story. Can we get together for coffee? And y'all, it was like a breath of fresh air that, first of all, somebody just, somebody could see me. But then to come alongside of me and be like, hey, I'm right here. I can relate to you. And then our friendship has never been the same. Like, we have been good friends since then, one of my biggest champions. Um, but it's just telling people, hey, showing up for them, building relationships with them, that makes a really big difference with the older and the younger. Right. I love what you said about um, as older women, because I think that I, as I said, I, I'm in that category. Um, and so I think that we have to take that initiative. I think it's, it's time for us to take initiative and reach out um, care about, as I was saying, build a relationship with um, and create opportunities. And then the other thing that you've done is you've created the pathways, the opportunities for the younger ones to have a voice or to partner with or to come alongside to feel like they're part of something um, that you're doing as well. So you've created those opportunities, you've created opportunities to be intentional, and then there's fruit that's coming about as a result of that. Tell us about some of the things that you're doing with um, your Better Together events? Yeah, so we, um, a couple of years ago, I saw um, my friend Jackie King from Second and Conway. She had done kind of a Better Together theme, and I was like, oh, I love that. 
And I have always had a heart for the generations because back when I just entered into women's ministry, shout out to Lifeway U Lead, yep. I went to a U Lead and I sat in this class about bridging the generational gap. I really had no idea about the generations. But I sat there in this class, learned about the generations, what drives the gener generations. Um, and even at that U Lead, it was myself and an older and an older that went yes. to that together. I love it. And I was just so always been passionate about that. So we did this Better Together event where we had this panel of women talking about um, what drives their generation, what obstacles keep us from meshing together, how can we bridge the gap. We just had a conversation about that. And at the end of this event, I had um, everybody stand up and find someone from another generation. And then when they were together, I said, um, I just said, I just want you to pray together. Just introduce yourself to one another and just spend a minute just praying together. And it was really cool because one story that came out of that, um, a younger woman, her husband had just been deployed, and the woman she was paired up with, her husband had been in the military, so, you know, she understood mm -hmm. deployment, and they would text back and forth all the time, and they have a relationship that came out of that. And it's these relationships, because we can't be disciples who make disciples if we don't have relationships right. with one right. another. Um, and so that better together from that large event, um, we actually had an event tomorrow night where we took it to the homes, so better together around the table. And so we have hosts, we're scattering. Lori, we're scattering instead of gathering. We're scattering in homes. And um, we have different hostesses who are hosting women of different generations. And um, we have, let's see, from 16 years old to 88 years old tomorrow night, five generations represented, which I'm really excited about. And I have to remind myself, that even if we started with one or two homes, multi-generational, for the purpose of talking about the gift of the generations and how can we be disciple makers together, that's a win, whether it's one home, your home, yeah. or two homes, or three homes. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I love that. That goes back to the concept of start where you are with, with who you have. Start where you are. It goes, ties into what Lori uh, shared with us in the beginning and also what Tracy has shared. We're just echoing that theme of start where you are, start with your circle, um, and and see what God does. And so, anything that you want to add to that? You, I think you do have the the information piece about the different generations that Emily was referring to. You have that in your packet as well. Uh, that was uh, a session, I believe, that Chris Adams maybe yeah. had done with Lifeway Women. Um, you lead, and so it is important when we start to understand. Uh, the generations, and there are some additional generations since that piece has come out. Anything you want to add? Uh, yes. Okay, I'm just kind of a little bit like nitpicky. I was a communications major at UCA, PR, and so I'm all about branding and verbiage. You know, do we call it connect groups or Sunday school? Do we call it this or do we call it that? Okay, but when you talked about your class, you know, talking about what is yep. women's ministry? Yep, yep. The younger generation, when we think women's ministry, we think of our mom's ministry and yes. our grandma's ministry. Yes. And we're not really interested. Yeah. We think about lots of decorations and doilies, and we're not really interested. <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> the younger generation, we're movers and we're shakers. We want to we see change. We want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So how can we do that? We don't just want to come to an activity that can be replicated at the junior league or the retirement center. We want purpose behind what we do. And so I think about, you know, whether the purpose of your scrapbooking event, if it's that 
proceeds or donations go to a local pregnancy center or a local uh, homeless shelter, whatever it is, like we want to, those are just some ideas, like we want to make a difference. Um, and so I've started, instead of saying women's ministry, I say ministry to women yeah. because that's what yeah. we're doing. And yeah. when people say, well, what is women's ministry or ministry to women? I think it's women reaching women. Mm-hmm. That's what it is mm-hmm. for the purpose of the gospel and for the purpose of making disciples. It's not just a group that meets to scrapbook or a group that meets to make casseroles, which, is, which are good things. Right. Right. But we're talking about the aim there is and the target ministry. and the purpose. <laughs> and we love casserole <laughs> ministries. But it's ministry to women. So bringing people to the table, inviting people to the table um, to understand that yeah. and kind of create that culture is change. You have to disrupt what has always been to move forward with, you know, what it should be. What, what is coming. What is coming. What is coming. Yes. I love that. Thank you, Trace. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. I'm getting my brain fixed up. That was so good. Hey, sweet friend, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Inspire on the Go. I'm coming to you today with a personal invitation to join us at Inspire Women's Conference happening Saturday, September 23rd at First Baptist Church, Russellville. This year, we're talking about flourishing in Jesus. It is so exciting to know that we can flourish no matter the season of life that we're in. So come to Inspire Women's Conference. Enjoy powerful worship, dynamic teaching, and meaningful times of connection. You can find all the details and register at absc.org slash inspire. We can't wait to see you at Inspire. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.